Thing right Love Talk Radio. You run in my mouth. <laughs> could be good to start the show, wouldn't it? There's no reason. Okay. Yeah, we could always go that route, but let's play the music. Mm. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs>
people are going to use we're raising money as an excuse um, if anything falls short in the actual wrestling show itself. But that has not proven to be the case. So I'm uh, very curious to talk about action and uh, scenic city. And I, I, I'm just going to be honest up front, Larry. Um, originally, when <laughs> we have William Venable on, I was like, is this guy insane? I mean, that was my first reaction at looking at that poster. Yeah. Is I just, I don't know how this thing is going to work. So I'm glad he's going to, you know, be able to talk about it. Um, I mean, are all those guys working for free? And if so, that's amazing. Um, But I'm just curious how the whole thing works out. Yeah. And it's not his first rodeo either. As, as I found out, he's done several of these. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, so, and we originally, we also hope to have Tyler um, uh, Gazaway from Renegade on in light of his drawing 500 people for a fundraiser up there in the Chatsworth area. Unfortunately, he was not available, but he did send a few, in a few comments about like what they did. And uh, I, I was curious, I asked him and maybe, had you, had you spoken oh. with him directly, Steve? I have not. No. What were the comments? Yeah, that, well, I mean, did you, you want to bring those up later? Or you want to talk about them? Yeah, now? We'll, That's great. We'll, I'll throw those in when, when we get into the discussion about what he said they did. Uh, that you know, he thought what might have contributed to them doing so well on that show. Oh, um, fantastic! Oh, that's good. Smart kid, man. Smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Before we get into other topics, Tyler Gazzari reminds me, you know, I I often lament, I think, and this will probably be video at some point, I think one of the thing, ways we're falling short, I'm talking about pro wrestling in general, is there's now developmental systems, both formal and informal, in place for wrestlers. But where does one learn formally? how to book, how to promote. It doesn't really exist. And I think, I mean, basically wrestling's always sort of run under this apprenticeship system, but there just doesn't seem to be anything in place. And uh, I just sort of bring that up as a general thing, but it's great that Tyler, Tyler is one of these guys that openly will ask for advice. And I think, you know, um, having Gary Lamb, as your de facto mentor. Um, I mean, I think we can see the sort of results that you get, right? I mean, I don't want to give all the credit to Gary because, I mean, I just ate, if nothing else. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Tyler is just a really smart young guy. And it's very encouraging to see younger guys who are in the booking aspect or the promoting aspect or both that are kind of doing things the right way. I mean, you're going to stumble fuck your way through stuff. It's what being young is all about, but I think he's already sort of advanced much faster than expected. I think. Yeah. Cause he's learning for, he, he is, he is listening to people that, that have knowledge and, and learning from his mistakes. So credit to him for that. Mm-hmm. So what's the topic that you were interested in discussing? Larry? Well, a, a, just a quick WWE stock report. Um, oh stock closed the day at $45. I don't know how your daughter's – she's down. She's still up, I guess, but not as up as she was yeah. last week from her opening position. And it looks to me like, you know, this stock is range brown between $40 and $50. If it drops below 40 forget about it. 
if it gets into the gap above 50, because there's a big gap on this from, from 50 to 60 when they announce the departure of those folks or the firing of those those long-term folks, it dropped yeah. below 50 and hasn't been able to get above it. So if it closes above $50, that would be a really good sign. A close below $40 would be a horrible sign. Um, but one thing we didn't talk about last week just related to WWE business is this news that they want to sell the rights to their pay-per-views and they're negotiating with ESPN and maybe others. And I was curious what your thoughts were on that turn of events. Um, to me, it's, uh, again, it's, it's short-term thinking versus long-term thinking, right? I mean, they're going to, they're going to get a, a big payout of, there's no doubt that they will make money in the short term, it would appear to be at the, the, the sacrificial lamb for it is going to be the network. Um, then again, you would have to think that they have a plan for that. But um, I just don't – how big is a market without those pay-per-views for the network? I don't I – I especially at the I, current price. So you're going to pay 10 bucks a month, which is Netflix, right? So – you're going to pay 10 bucks a month for the main reason. I mean, between that being those being gone and NXT now being on Wednesday nights, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, I mean, I love mid South wrestling, but I have them on DVD. <laughs> so like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm with you. It seems to me like that is expendable. If you know, like, I don't I don't know how many people give a crap about the other content they have on there, their other original content. I, I suspect not very many will will say, Oh yeah, ten bucks a month to get that other stuff. And no, they, I they've proven they would... they've proven I mean what they've proven through the network is that they are almost completely incapable of coming up with programming <laughs> that is not directly pro wrestling that people are interested in. I mean, yeah. the, the the stuff is very amateurish, you know, like Holy yeah. Foley and all that stuff. It really comes across as incredibly low rent. Um, yeah. And the, when they've had success with a TV show that was not directly wrestling related, like Total Divas, it's because it's not a WWE product. Exactly. Someone else is, is, is producing it, right? Someone else is right. producing it. Somebody else is directing it. Somebody else is... And here's the most important piece, marketing it. And I think they may be in for a bit of a shock because I think, I mean, I get the mentality. We license our thing out, but here's the danger. What if they license this stuff out for pay-per-view? And you know what they're expecting? I mean, they're just, because what are you paying for? You're paying for based on what? old pay-per-view numbers, right? I mean, what, how else can they sell it to you? They have to say, look at what WrestleMania used to do, right? Look at what blank used to do. Look at, look at these pay-per-views and what they used to do. Now we can do that for you. What happens when well, WrestleMania pulls in half as many buys as it used to? <laughs> and what, what price point when people are going to have to sign up for ESPN – which is, you know, not expensive if it is ESPN, $5 a month, but then pay for pay-per-views when they're used to getting everything for nine ninety nine a month. I don't think that's yeah. going to sit well with a lot of people. Uh, I, remember, maybe, you know, I remember when they launched the network 
And I remember it's like, what's the price point? And they went nine ninety nine, and I went, oh no, they're doomed. I mean, <laughs> the first thing out of my mouth when my friend told me, I'm like, oh, they're doomed. They're like, why? I'm like, they haven't figured out that the game is to milk your core audience for as much money as possible. That's how wrestling had switched, and they did not recognize that, which they flinched, which they the WWE rarely blinks and flinches, but that was a flinch that they it showed that they were afraid that people were going to that that they had a number that they had to hit as far as the number of subscribers, and they were willing to sacrifice again long term versus short term and I mean, that sums up every, every, any problem you want to point out with the WWE, I think can be summed up as short-term Band-Aid solutions to long-term growth and strength. Um, and that's, I mean, I think Wall Street's recognizing that, which is kind of scary. And again, Cena coming and popping a big number on SmackDown, now they're putting him on Raw, right? Like, and again, it's short-term versus long-term thinking. Oh, Cena's popping a number. Let's get him on. Goldberg's a picture of Goldberg with the belt got more likes on Instagram than any other picture we've had in history. Like, and again, I'm not saying that these are all necessarily bad moves or bad things, but it does feed into. It's one of the dangers of being beholden to stockholders. Is everything is what have you done for me lately? What was your last it re- quarter? You it know? really shows the, cor- the corner they've painted themselves in, too. If they have to go back to the well to those guys to get, you know, those kind of, you know, good numbers and, and get, you know, Instagram notice or whatever the hell, I mean, what does that say about the current rosters or the guys they're trying to build? It's not not promising. I will say this respect. last doom and gloom statement before we bring William on. Um, okay. Uh, I've been in Florida for about eight years now, right? And I have friends who work for the WWE and a couple who work for them here in Florida. Two years ago, they were talking to me about how morale was low, right? How yeah. They had, they had trimmed their work staff and they were basically doubling up the work on everybody else. And these are not, these aren't wrestlers. Not just, I'm not talking about wrestlers. I'm talking about like the people who keep the whole fucking thing going, right? Production people and the like. And they were basically, you know, typical corporation, right? Asking more and more and more for less and less and less. And that was two years ago. Are you telling me it's better now? (laughs) And something's got to give. All I know is right now, if you're looking at the scoreboard, whatever people want to debate about money and whatever, AEW is fun and the WWF is not. AEW seems like they're a blast to fucking work for. WWE does not. And I just, I mean, that, that, however that translates to dollar and cents and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. I'm just saying you can clearly look at the WWE and go like, wow, 
They should be, everyone should be jacked up right now. It's WrestleMania season, right? They, they, they thinking about these, you know, they should be like WrestleMania payoffs and this is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And instead, you know, they're sniping back and forth with AEW, which again, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't raise up AEW. It lowers the WWE, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Jericho just has to throw out a tweet and he gets as much news as anybody in the WWE. You know, congratulations, Goldberg. That's awesome. And and then people spend all of their time mulling over, is he being sarcastic? What does that mean? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how much power is that? Cause did you ever think a year ago, Larry, we would like be talking about Chris Jericho, the ex-AEW world champion, I, put out a tweet I, yeah. and sent the WWE into a tizzy. I mean, it's incredible what has happened in a year. It's amazing. I, I don't think I would have taken the title off Jericho yet, but but that's another story for another day. Let's get to our guest. Yes, absolutely. We've got uh, get into it. Yeah, we've got wrestling for a cause uh, promoter William Venable joining us now. Hello, William. Welcome to the show. Good. I'm, I'm tremendously grateful to be here. I appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely, well, man. Um, hi, I, I know we haven't met um, Steve, and so I'm going to ask the hard question right up front, and then that way we sure. can get to all the great work that you want to do. So I look at that poster, and I think, this guy's a fucking maniac. <laughs> like, how could, how could this thing possibly – I'm not saying it, people won't come to it. People are going to come to it. Of course they are, and apparently you've done this more than a few times. How, yes. I mean, I, I know there's only so much that probably you can say about things, but how, how are you going to match the payroll and, and, and get that charity money at the same time? Because that's just, it's an incredible array of people that you've put together. So. Yeah. You know, um, we've been doing this now for a few years and, and we've grown so much in just the last year alone. It's really been amazing. We started you know, as a small show, you know, drawing, you know, a hundred people. And we thought that was amazing, you know, uh, and we were able to raise 1500 for the charity we were working for, you know, that we were doing it for. And then, then a hundred became 150 and 150 became 175. And then people started saying, Hey, why don't you do this monthly? Or why don't you do this more often? And that, that got us really kind of going and thinking, okay, we, we could do more, we could do bigger shows. And, and uh, really, I, I gotta thank the 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 sponsors that have come on board. You know, Pepsi coming on board for this event yeah. has helped me. That's that was huge. You know, and uh, that really came about from meeting with Pepsi and seeing that they were excited about doing something for the Children's Hospital and, here in Chattanooga. And that's really what it it started with. They wanted to, to be involved with. You know, the hospital, they saw us and what we've been doing for the hospital for the last two years and giving everything we've raised from our shows to Erlanger Hospital. And that led to them coming on board as a sponsor. And that has enabled us to put together a great set of talent. You know, usually at our shows, yeah. we have, you know, one really big name. And this has enabled us to go out and get Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Rhino and you know Tommy Dreamer and now it's just it's cool that you know these guys are texting me you know like I had a day last <laughs> week where Tommy 
Yeah, it's just so wild to me being a lifelong wrestling fan that there was a day last week where Buff Bagwell, Johnny Swinger, Tommy Dreamer, Rhino all texted me the same day, and I was like, what is this? What what happened? <laughs> so, you know, that that's really what's, you know, that's what's happened is us building a fan base here in North Georgia and doing something for the hospital that affects so many and then getting going out there and honestly just pounding the pavement, letting people know this is what we're doing, this is what we represent. And Pepsi coming on board helping us has been a game changer. When when you say um I'll let Larry get questions and I swear to God, but when you no, say we or okay. us when you say we or us, who do you mean exactly? Like who's your team? Who are you working with? Yeah. Um so I I started it, you know, back in twenty fourteen. I, I was partnering with a really good friend of mine, um, but we weren't, uh, we weren't wrestling for a cause at that time. Um, so we did a show for breast cancer, and that's really where it all started. And then all of a sudden, you know, two years later, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do another show and have some fun. And then we did another. And then I got a good friend of mine named uh, Alan Rittenhouse. He's um, going to be – well, he is my vice president of the charity. Uh, we decided to form and officially apply for a – you know, um, a 501c3. So okay. we actually officially filed uh, for a uh, an actual nonprofit organization, and we incorporated as an actual full-blown wrestling for a cause here in the state of Georgia a corporation. We are an actual entity. Uh, so we formed that, and I, ha- I serve as president. He serves as vice president, and we have two other board members. So when I reference we, I really reference, you know, our board of directors, which consists gotcha. of four people. Uh, and then we source the, the people that work for our shows as, you know, volunteers, the people that will help run concessions or tickets and that kind of thing. We, we do volunteers. So we'll put together, you know, five to 15 people that will help us volunteer at the shows, all people that want to make an impact for the children's hospital. And most of these people have an intimate story with it. You know, one of my volunteers that's volunteered at the last three shows, her daughter consistently goes to her Lanker Children's Hospital, you know. So they're each impacted in their own way, and this is their way of giving back time. It's fantastic. Larry, please. Yes, uh, William, do you you have a a goal in mind for the uh, upcoming fundraiser as far as, like, what kind of attendance you'd like to see? Absolutely. You know, we, with each of us, with each show that we've grown, um, this one being the biggest, I, I really would love to see a sellout. You know, a sellout would be 500. And okay. to get that would be just monumental. And I know it's possible in that building. You know, I know um, Paul Lee runs shows once a year, Wrestle Jam, in that building. And uh, I've seen that show draw 500 to 700 people. So, you know, that venue is very. You know, honestly, I feel blessed to be in that venue. That Ring Gold Colonnade is a beautiful facility, and uh, they're they're going to be where I'm hosting this one. So I've seen it possible, and I'm just hoping yeah. that for the cause that we're doing it for and the lineup that we have, which I think is tremendous, for especially for an independent show, I, I, I could not be more proud. So now at this point now, it's just all up to people showing up. We're going to definitely go running? over this again. Oh. I'm sorry, Larry. I just wanted to make sure we got the logistics out here in the beginning and then also at the end. So the show is happening. Sure. When is the it's show happening, happening and how can people get tickets? Just so we'll go Absolutely. over that again later. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. It's happening this Thursday, March 5th, and it's going to be at the Ringgold Colonnade here in Ringgold, Georgia. And it's kind of a good central location for Chattanooga, for Dalton, the North Georgia area. So uh, you can actually call the Ringgold Colonnade directly, uh, or you can go to their website, which is uh, colonnadecenter.org. So, uh, and I will give you guys the phone number here in just a second. But they are, honestly, they've just been amazing to us. They're such a great facility. So it's uh, colonnadecenter.org, and the phone number is 706-935-9000. And they are handling all the tickets for us, so all the ticket sales will go through their box office. And tickets will be available the night of the show, or you can go in on their website right now or call and pre-order. They have been getting a lot of calls this last week. So once the press really started pushing and, you know, ads really started getting out there, uh, it's cool to think that, like, the Erlanger Hospital actually has our poster, that, you know, that poster that you guys have seen literally (laughs) hanging in all their corridors, you know. So the fact that even the hospital is behind us, you know. So they've started getting a lot of calls now for the show. So uh, that's where we're at right now, and I'm I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a beautiful facility. Tremendous. I'm curious because uh, Chattanooga has a reputation as far as, like, not having good, affordable venues to run. Where had you run your previous shows? So our previous shows, um, we've kind of been all over. Uh, we had – but mostly what we, we push towards is, like, the rec centers, something like that. We'll partner mm-hmm. with the city. So, like, we've done a show in the Lafayette Rec Center, uh, and we've done six shows in the Dalton Rec Center. The city of Dalton, the community of Dalton, has been tremendous to us. They have donated that building to us on six different occasions, and that's where we've mm-hmm. had um, our six of the shows. And then we did one in Chatsworth at a different facility. So. Uh, so we've kind of went all over. Uh, this is the first time we've been in Ringgold. So, but the Colonnade, they've been so good to us through this process, I really couldn't have asked for a better partnership. Awesome. I'm certainly going to ask the, the other guys this when, when, when we bring them on in a bit, but what would you say has been the most challenging thing about the, this endeavor? The most challenging right now, uh, just – I guess it's the nerves and getting the lineup settled. Uh, I guess it's twofold, really, because the press has been pretty challenging these last couple of weeks, you know, getting out there, really trying to get, you know, banners hung, posters, you know, it's, it's kind of the life of fitting in with your day job, right? You go to work, you do your day job on lunch breaks, and when you get out of work, you, you know, you're hanging banners, you're out there talking to mm. you know, different representatives and vendors, you're trying to get, you know, posters hung up places, you're going to newspapers, you know, you're trying to get as much press out there as possible. So these last few weeks have really been that. But prior to that, it would be just trying to line up, you know, who you're going to get for the show. And, you know, I wanted to deliver a great show. So getting that talent has been, you know, challenged. We've talked to several different names. You know, we talked to several people that, you know, couldn't work it out with schedules or, you know, maybe the, the cost wasn't quite as, you know, where we needed to fit to fit more talent on. So we really went for a really good names and a good quantity of them. You know, I didn't want to put everything into one big superstar, right? I want more people to come and really see. And that's how it came. You know, I was really fortunate. Like Rhino and Tommy Dreamer just kind of came out of nowhere because Action Mike Jackson is somebody that, 
you know, I've worked with, and he helps us so much with this, and he helps book it. And he did a show with them, and all of a sudden, he gave them my business card, and he's like, man, I think they want to do a show. And it was like, oh, my God, yeah, 100% all day long. Yeah, let's do this. And then next thing you know, I'm getting, you know, their phone numbers, and we're texting, we're ironing everything out, and bam. One more question. We'll bring uh, Scott and Matt on. Um, How far out from show date did you actually have your lineup set and ready to go? So we have had the lineup set and ready to go since the poster's inception. So uh, I started really pushing it right at the end of January. So you're looking at Mm -hmm. probably about a five-week turnaround. Okay. Because I really wanted maximum amount of time to promote it. So I wanted to make sure everything was done. Of course, you you always run the risk that someone might cancel or there might be a a last-minute schedule, you know, issue. And that always can happen, but – set in stone, or as, at least as in stone as we could get it, five weeks out. Nice. Great. Well, so let's bring on uh, Scenic City Invitational Promoter, Scott Hensley, and awesome. Action Wrestling Promoter, Matt Griffin. Welcome, guys. How How we doing? Hello. Nice. Nice, nice. Thanks, you guys. And uh, being that we both have uh, young boys, we might have additional guest stars hosting uh, oh with us. <laughs> if my five-year-old runs up, uh, you know, we'll just roll. Get a run in, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my Having, one-year-old is screaming in the background. So sorry about that. <laughs> Having so, kids um, involved in your wrestling thing for shame, for shame. <laughs> <laughs> I never. <laughs> it. It looked like both you guys were on the line, at least for most of what uh, William said. And I'm just curious what, what your thoughts were, what your reactions were in, in hearing the, his model compared to what you guys are doing. Well, um, you know, I think it is a little bit different. And, and first off, I, I hope that you see it, the event is this Thursday, William. Is that right? Yes. Yes, sir, it is. Uh, well, I hope you I hope you do very well with that. I'm not that familiar, but I have seen the poster, so I hope it goes well. Um, I think probably the logistics are a little bit different because I'm running a promotion that we try to have a show about every five to six weeks. Um, So I have a more consistent churn, and it sounds like William's trying to put on, like, one big event, like, once every so often, like, once a year. So it's going to be a lot different with things like sponsors. That's such a big deal for me, but obviously I'm not going to get a sponsor to write me a big check every month. So I try to concentrate on the sponsors that will write me little checks uh, every show. Whereas um, I run a comedy event uh, and I do that once a year. So I'm able to get some big guns because I'm only doing that once a year. Um, so I'm able to get several thousand dollars in, in sponsorships for that event. Um, so I think that's probably, I mean, I'm guessing that's probably the biggest difference right there is just because I'm trying to do it quite often as opposed to once a year. That's probably what I would think the biggest difference is. Gotcha. Scott, um, you know, a big part of SCI has always been the the fundraising aspect, and it seems like that was a great synergy. Like, you know, if you were affiliated with the school, 
then the school would do their part and make sure people were there to watch the show, and it just seemed to work really effectively. Who was who originally came up with that concept to make that work for SCI, and uh, and how's it looking for this year again? Well, we did start out at Empire Wrestling in North Georgia, and uh, we we sort of just ran it as an uh, extension of Empire Wrestling to begin with. It was a chance for the guys to uh, sort of get in there and see what they can do with some guys from outside of the area and some bigger names and uh, just as an encouragement and something to sort of motivate them to, to, you know, work harder and achieve more. And, you know, we had a really talented group of core guys there from Empire. And uh, then um, Empire closed down and actually Josh Massey, uh, one of the founders of uh, the Phoenix City Invitational with me, um, Josh was very connected with a lot of uh, coaches and principals in the Hamilton County area and uh, he found the opportunity to start running uh, at a school and to do it in a mutually beneficial way, which I think is one of the absolute keys to running a fundraising yeah. event is to find yeah. something that's mutually beneficial because you don't want to be the only one doing the work, especially if you don't get any extra added benefit from doing it. Um, I did. Uh, I, I came up in wrestling in Alabama with uh, Wild Thing Will Owens with Ultimate NWA, and uh, he did a lot of sold shows, and so I had experience with those, and I saw the results of when schools would uh, do the work and when they just absolutely did nothing. You know, I got to do events like at a county fair in front of, you know, a 1,000 people, and then the opposite of that, I went to a baseball field, and we wrestled in front of two paid people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! So obviously, all three of you guys are making it work, and you're you've definitely got models for your various things that are working. Um, do you think? And I mean, this is just pure conjecture, but something I proposed to Larry at the beginning of the show was, I think more and more people will both attempt and succeed at this kind of thing, whether it's the, the action model where you're doing, where you're a promotion that's doing shows consistently or scenic city, which does, you know, a few events a year. And then William, who's got his like big event, right? Um, do you think more promotions are, are going to pop up doing this? And if so, do you think that they will have, um, will, will they stand on the shoulder of giants you guys and succeed or do you think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be either shysters about it <laughs> or just or just fail be- i mean that's got to get thrown out there because they're definitely that kind of thing used to happen all the time i haven't heard about uh, yeah. it happening lately i um, i will i want to tackle this one first if you i'm sorry to interrupt i think yeah. you're done please because larry can testify to the fact that this still goes on I, I try to be as above board as possible and be an open book. Um, as Larry knows, I'm always trying to give him as much information for reports. And to be honest, uh, I don't disclose what I raised and what I gave to a, a particular nonprofit or school group anymore, but 
the reason is because I don't want it to be a competition because sometimes a nonprofit may be really good at collecting their own sponsors. Um, I ran a show, I believe it was my August show, that actually did more money in sponsorship than it did at the gate from tickets and concessions sold. That's how well they did. Uh, my last show, uh, they got zero sponsors. So those numbers are going to look differently, but if you just put them all out and look at them, that's a, a little bit different to be able to compare. So I stopped publicizing those numbers, but I still can, I, I still can talk about it. Um, but I will say about a year and a half ago, a uh, nonprofit that is actually the nonprofit that I run a comedy show for, uh, they got involved with a wrestling show in Griffin. And Larry knows about this because uh, I was a source so that he could help um, make sure that they owed up to what they owed. They ran a show that they advertised as a benefit, and they put the nonprofit logo right on the poster. Except it wasn't quite a benefit like Scott or I or probably William would associate with. Uh, we wouldn't associate it in that same way. Uh, what the organization, who definitely does not have a uh, uh, the initials UCW, um, what they did is they put the nonprofit on there and they gave them 25% of concessions, provided they staffed the table. They gave them 25% of tickets that they sold, not of tickets sold. So you can see really what they did is they tried to market this as a benefit except get a bunch of cheap labor and just give them a split off of what they did. Yeah. And not well, only that, but Larry, Larry can testify to the fact that it took, what, about five or six weeks to get them to cough up what was owed, which was... It, 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 yeah, it took a little pressure cough up what was owed. But, I mean, I guess this gets into, like, sort of the checkered past of fundraising where this that thing of, like, percentage of the profit goes to X. Yes. And what is that real percentage? And I've seen, you know, that that's something that kind of fishiness has been going on for a long time. Not with, I know that not, that's not what any of you guys do, but you know, that is, as you just pointed out, that that is has been a problem. And that that that's what I I worry about because I do think uh, I don't think that my fans are going to be burnt out if they were to see a show and they see guys who are you know has beens or they're not putting on a good show or they just see something that runs three and a half hours and, and, and they see a bad indie show that we know plenty of them exist in Georgia. What it, what it concerns me about is that, you know, that independent wrestling is all lumped into the same, you know, sort of bucket. And if a nonprofit or a school group or a, a building or a sponsor has a bad experience with one of these shysters, which we know happened, even if they don't necessarily know that they got screwed over, then it burns them out about independent wrestling in general and it gives them a bad taste and it just makes our jobs as honest people that much harder. That, oh, yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the biggest concern. Um, so I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'd rather as uh, I would rather it, our model not be followed because I have so little faith that it will be followed accurately. I would be so much more comfortable if somebody, you know, like, um, you know, just just say any random championship wrestling. If they say, if they are um, honest about it and say all profits from concessions will go towards, you know, fundraise. You know, it's just like they do at 
football games or at, uh, at the State Farm Arena for Hawks games. You know, certain nonprofits get the staff concession boost and collect all the profits. So that's, and that's fine because that's something that's definable. But when you get into the percentages, that's not meaning like 100 or 75%. That's usually going to mean like 20% or 25%. And really they're doing it so that they can get free labor. And that's, that's bullshit. Um, I, for, for what it's worth, on all the shows, if I advertise that it goes to a specific nonprofit or school group, it's 100% after expenses. So if I have a, you know, whatever X is, X plus $1 and on is what goes there. I don't keep like, uh, you know, I, I don't keep an operating percentage or I just factor in all the costs I can and the nonprofit gets whatever's left. Sorry to rant a little yeah. bit, but the shysters in this business really drive me crazy as somebody who really tries to be upfront and as honest as possible. Yeah, there there are zero barriers to entry in running a professional wrestling show, if you haven't noticed. The, the qualifications yeah. <laughs> are, do, do you have a building, which that's not even a qualification because people run in you know, parking lots or whatever, but do you have a wrestling ring, which that's not even a qualification also sometimes, you know, guys will run shows without a ring even. Uh, So literally anyone can post online at any time I'm running a wrestling show and dozens of people are like, I'm in. And, you know, that's all you have to do to run a show. So it it is really frustrating as somebody that does try to partner with someone for, you know, literally a greater good of raising money for programs that are unfunded and to give guys an opportunity to be seen by fans from all over the world. Uh, You know, with Scenic City, that, that... those are our two goals, raise money and give guys exposure. And then you have people that come in and, you know, run a show. Like, you know, I got uh, I got a request to help somebody run a show at Saudi Daisy High School, and they said, uh, which it wasn't even, like, scheduled to run there. I asked their uh, athletics director, and he didn't know anything about it. And they said, oh, well, you know, such and such that's been involved with wrestling for 20 years. And I said, no. I said, look. I said, I've been around since, like, 2006. I said, I know just about everybody, or I've worked with just about everybody in Chattanooga. And, no, I don't know who that is. And they were like, well, he's pretty big into it. I said, I don't think so. But they said, well, some of the dads that were going to wrestle have to go to the state football playoffs. And so I was like, it's Saudi Daddy wrestling? I mean, you know, people come in and run these little podunk things, and then, like Matt was saying, people group it all in together. A lot of people don't know independent wrestling even exists, and then when they find out about independent wrestling and it's Saudi Daddy wrestling, then it's really hard for us to sort of put our hooks into them and be like, no, look, we have guys that are probably going to be in WWE in a couple of years, you know, come and give these guys a chance. So definitely people will continue to do it. Definitely we don't want them to do it. But, uh, you know, you talked about uh, Tyler at RCW reaching out for help. And, you know, I've uh, I've, I've given him so, a couple pieces of advice, you know, like in involving a principal or involving somebody that the kids care about. And uh, he did an event like last year and had like three or 400 people there. And he said that it was because he got somebody involved that people cared about. So, you know, there are people that do want to learn and do it right. 
and one of them I think is Tyler, and uh, he does have a big uh, tournament coming up this Saturday, just to plug him. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot out there that don't want to do it right also that just want to, I guess, do it for themselves. Yeah, Tyler couldn't be with us tonight, and uh, he, he had other commitments, but um, he did send in some comments about this recent fundraiser, and, and, and yes, his big his show this Saturday is Best of the Best. I think that's usually one of their biggest shows of the year. But um, here's what he said. I said, like, I asked him, what were the keys to doing so well this year? He said, uh, his response was, I treated it just like one of my events. I promoted it at every show I did for months. I promoted it with posters and social media promos, just like my Chatsworth shows. The principal of the school, this is Eastside uh, Elementary there, uh, stayed in con- constant contact, and he promoted solidly to his students as well. So realistically, I just took both of it, it just took both of us working together. We both promoted more than previous years and doubled our attendance. And honestly, I had a great group of guys on the card that helped promote it as well and work with teachers to be involved with spots to keep the kids into the show. And what That's did he draw? 500 ish? That's fantastic. Yep. And I mean, I, I know, I, I'll tell you for a fact that. You know, I I get questions about running benefits. I get questions, and, I, you know, Scott Hensley, the same. And we always try to be a, sort of an open book. And to those who are legitimately interested in running something that's a benefit or even turning their wrestling promotion into a nonprofit or something along those lines, uh, you know, even if it's something I have no experience in, I'll, I may try to refer them to somebody who would or just give advice. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into it financially, but realistically it's, if you can just run an event that doesn't lose money, then you made money and it works out that the profits, instead of going into your pocket, go to the nonprofit or the school group or wherever they're going to go. And if you're above board and you carry on a good relationship with the town you're in, with the building, the nonprofits, uh, at this point, I'm booked up into December with all my nonprofit profit shows. I have had requests to do uh, to add a couple nonprofits to kind of my rotation. So I've had people contacting me about it because we've, you know, for the last almost two years, gotten a good rep. And it's because I try to do everything as above board and as open as humanly possible. You know, I'm just going to piggyback on you guys for a second. It's really encouraging to me, still being kind of newer into it, to hear a lot of the similar struggles and to hear a lot of the similar successes. You know, like we just recently got multiple people, well, two organizations reach out to us about doing more shows and bringing them on as the charity that we will champion. So, you know, that's that's amazing to see the growth. And, I mean, hearing some of your stories, I, I also get to say, you know, I showed up at an event that we were going to do for – it was our first children's hospital one that we were going to do, and the promoter that I was working with, the organization that I was working with, told me they had everything under control. And me being very naive at only the second time out that, you know, working with somebody new left me high and dry at a at – a, uh, an armory, a, a uh, National Guard armory that we were going to supposedly have. I get there, and he he's not even booked it. They're like, we have an arresting mail on the book. You know? And I, I show up there, and I'm like, okay, well, I've already paid talent. And he's there like, no, 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 it'll be fine. We've got this. 
And then he calls me an hour later when I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go get concessions now. We're going to set up. So you've got this. And um, I'd already been promoting it, already had flyers, already was pushing out, you know. I'd already paid some of the wrestlers to show up. I, I'm, I'm on my way back, and he's like, uh, I don't have a ring. I'm like, how do you not have a ring? You're the, you're, you're the guy. Like, this was part of the deal. You bring, you get me the building, you bring the ring, I'll pay the talent, we donate, and then... William, I want to. I'm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you mind outing them sure. if they're still in the business? Um, I. They closed. They were a. Uh, they were a renegade group out of. Um, out of like Dalton and North Georgia, South Chat and like Chatsworth. So. So. So, uh, so they're out of the bit. So they're out of business now. They're out of the business completely. Yeah. Like okay. I, I bumped into the guy. I, it's funny because during my day job, the guy like showed up at my place of work like a year later. And filed a complaint <laughs> at my day job, and I was like, "Okay, well, this will be easy." So, um, you know, like, so I told my boss, "I'm like, uh, I think this is probably some personal stuff coming through here, so let's just like forego this." So, but yeah, it was just kind of crazy. So they're out of the business, and okay, know, it was just okay. a sad experience. But you know what? It led to Mike Jackson showing up and me meeting him and getting involved with him, and he helps me make a lot of connections, and then it turned into officially forming as wrestling for a cause Chattanooga. So it led to something much better. And and you learned, of course, it's tough to learn oh, yeah. a, a hard lesson, but you know, the, the pro- promoting wrestling as is, I, I think fairly well known is no joke. I mean, it's yep. tough and it's a lot of work. I mean, you've done it, Steven and Larry, you've observed uh, over the years, a lot of promotions that did it well and a lot of promotions that most definitely did not. And sometimes it doesn't matter how good the product is. Right, right. And it, it's, it's a constant good. learning. It's a constant learning process. Also, like Stephen was saying at the very beginning, like you know, wrestlers can go to you know a training school, a formal training school. They pay money. They learn the basics. They travel with guys. They learn on the road. You know, they network and things like that. And it's it's pretty you know formal, but with promoting and with uh, booking and with running all these other things, like it is so much just being there, getting the experience, having really bad experiences and learning from them. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of just on the job training. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what so much of it is. And unfortunately a lot of the on the job training is also bad because the person who's showing uh you know there's a lot of bad promoters out there and they pass on bad habits but it it it, it there's no substitute for experience in in this business Steve, so, anything are, else you want to throw out there before we wrap say, it up? I was going to say, I think this would be a good time. Um, tell us about the next things you guys have coming up. And then I have one more question specifically for William. But I just want everybody to get a chance to say um, what, they're, what they do um, for people that have maybe never heard you guys before and when you got a thing coming up. William, you're the soonest. you want to go first? Oh, Sure. So, you know, for us, um, after this show, really the, the, the next thing we're going to be planning on is we've got uh, – we'll, we will do a fall show. You know, we, we try to do one in the spring and one in the fall, and that seems to be the model that works for us. 
That's worked the last two years. And the last two years, we've been very blessed to do just under $10,000 to the children's hospital. So uh, just running two shows uh, a year. So that's, we've been really, really blessed in that. So we're really going to look at a fall show. We haven't determined the charity. We don't know if we're going to come back for Children's Hospital or if another one, which we have been approached by, we will sub in that for the holiday season. Uh, but that's really our next big thing. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just hoping to see everybody have a good time at our show on Thursday. And with the lineup we've got, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm really proud of the 15 volunteers I've got that's going to come out. I'm just really pleased to see where we've gone in just two years. And after learning that really harsh lesson, lesson at a, at a, you know, a, a guard armory that we've come out of that and we've turned it into this and it's become such a positive. So that's really the next thing that we've got after this show is we'll do a fall show and we'll start promoting that probably in uh, September once we get the card lined up for that, which I'll start working on that probably in April. I'm going to take a couple weeks off and just do my normal day job versus doing that and this on the side. <laughs> I'll jump in next because Matt has a ton of things going on. Uh, Scenic City Invitational coming up July 31st and August 1st. We're back at Soddy Daisy High School. Uh, we have five entrants that have been named already. Uh, it is a two-day tournament featuring 16 men from all over the world now. We've got uh, U- the U.K. represented with Benjamin Carter, Canada again with Daniel Macabe, and uh, we just announced B-Boys coming back. Uh, but we do uh, do this annually, and uh, we do – raise thousands of dollars, and we have fans that come in from all over the world and a lot of people that really matter uh, pay attention to our event. And uh, we do really try to help the school and help guys get seen and network and get to where they want to be. And with Action Wrestling, um, it's funny, I just – I got a call from the town of Tyrone because I have a good relationship with them, and they have a St. Paddy's Day Fest on March 14th. Somehow the entertainment was either a bust or it was going to fall through, so they called me on two weeks' notice to throw a show together. And thankfully, because uh, Ox is a Georgia legend, uh, he's able to get me a ring, and I have a March 14th show at 11 a.m. in Tyrone. It'll be a free show. It is Matt Sells and Donnie Janela's uh, St. Patty's Day party. Uh, they, <laughs> they will team to face off with uh, Bull and Benny Buchanan. Uh, we have Brett Eisen versus Tank. Jaden Newman challenging AC Mack for the action championships. Uh, Alan Angels and Sean Dean versus Wasted Generation. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a couple other matches. Uh, it, it all came together in about four hours on Friday. Then March 20th, uh, we have Super Show 2 at Sandy Creek High School um, in Tyrone, and uh, that's going to be that's going to be a big event. I'm really hoping to draw well, and things are looking good. Uh, we have Brett Eisen challenging AC Mack for the Action Championship if uh, AC is still the champion, and we have John Davis from Florida coming up, and he'll square off with O'Shea Edwards. And more than that, I am not privy to announce yet because it's not out there. Uh, And I do have April 24th in Noonan High School in Noonan, Georgia, which is Bobby Flacco's alma mater. And I just confirmed today uh, a dream opponent of his, and he has no idea who it is. And he's not going to find out until I drop the poster. And uh, uh, I'm I'm excited about that. 
So I have a uh, yeah, have lots of stuff coming up. So please, Action uh, Wrestling One on Facebook or Instagram, and Wrestle Action One on Twitter. Great. Well, well I guess a lot, I'll you just guys. say this real quick. Sure. I'll say this one thing: Wrestling for a Cause, Chattanooga, this Thursday, March fifth. Doors open at six. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, Buff Bagwell, Johnny Swinger. It's going to be amazing. So we're very excited about it. Bell rings at 7.30, and we're introducing our championship belt. We've been doing this long enough. We decided to go for a belt. So we're doing a belt, <laughs> a 22-person 22 22 battle royale at the end, and the winner will be our first-ever Wrestling for a Cause Chattanooga champion. Nice. Okay. So, William, here's my question. How the hell did you get Pepsi? <laughs> so... That one was, that one took some time. So um, I had talked to a Pepsi representative that just worked in North Georgia, and he was a huge wrestling fan, and we kind of hit it off, and we started talking a little bit, and he introduced me to his boss, and his boss ultimately introduced me to his boss, and his boss was the one I needed. Uh, And I talked to him, and he was kind enough to give me 10 minutes of his time And he was intrigued with the proposition because I just hit him with kind of a quick business proposition of this is what I think we can do. This is what we've done on a smaller scale. If I can get you on board helping me for Erlanger, the children's hospital, then I think we could do more. And that piqued his interest because they were interested in doing something for Erlanger Children's Hospital. So it was just a perfect union of you want to do something for the hospital. I'm doing stuff for the hospital. Here's what I've got. He had me present a full page, like I, I put together a whole plan, presented it to him. They signed off on it. Then I jumped through a whole lot of red tape to get officially sponsored by them. Then I ended up on a call with the Erlanger Hospital and their legal team to make sure that they were cool with being involved and associated in any way with us and that they would be on the poster. And then yeah, after, honestly, it's been like it was like a three-month process of slowly chipping away, getting to the right person I needed to. So that's how it came about, but it took months of finally getting to the person that was like, okay, we'll do this. Cool, cool. Larry, anything additional you want to ask? I think we covered it. Please please fire away. I'm in the mood to talk, and there's lots of stuff going around Georgia, so please fire away. Well, at the very least, I think we'll let William go. I know you must have all kinds of last-minute stuff to do. Best of luck at your event on Thursday. Um, definitely check them out, and I hope you have the turnout that you want and raise a lot of money for that children's hospital. That's the cause that's very near and dear to me as well. So, Awesome. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate you all, and I'll be back in touch with you guys after our event. I'll let you know how it went. Right Please on. do. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a great show. Thank you. Y'all have a great one. And I, you know, I do want to uh, before I, um, I, I, I do want to shout out and uh, uh, say it's been a tough day for a lot of people in Georgia who wrestle in Nashville. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm sure you. I'm sure you've seen about the tornadoes that hit Nashville, and the yeah. last I saw was. It's 19 dead, and that's just, you know, I hope that number has it increased. Um, but a lot of our friends with Southern Underground Pro in Nashville, and, of course, Action is running a angle with Southern Underground Pro. Um, 
their home, their building, the basement east was just utterly destroyed. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and the, the roof was ripped off. There was flooding. And thankfully, there were no injuries or casualties among the staff that was there at the time. Uh, apparently, they, well, they got into the basement or to a safe spot, and so nobody was injured. But um, that's, that's the, the, the future of the whole promotion is, is in doubt. The, and so many of our friends who live in national and around the area are distraught or uh, or just or just dealing with that, so that's that's something we're definitely uh, that that's been a that's been rough today for a lot of our friends. Yeah. Mm. And of course, I'm going to give a plug because Action Wrestling and Black Label Pro are running WrestleMania at the Collective WrestleMania weekend. I forgot to plug that, but Saturday, April 4th at 11:59 p.m. And Stephen, I hope you can make the show. I'm gonna try, you know. I was, I was so low to go to any shows, but I'm gonna try. I think WrestleMania week. I'm gonna try to hit you guys, um, and probably two others. Anything that has sort of a Georgia tie-in, I'm gonna do my best to be there, and at least kind of poke my head in and show face and all that stuff. I think it's just gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be bonkers, though. Oh my god, fucking Tampa's gonna be in. I, I was shocked at how many different shows were running. I mean, it's hard to shock me, but I was like, oh, God. Uh, like, oh, there are going to be a lot of promotions that it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, there, uh, there are a lot of promotions, I understand, that are doing very poorly. And just looking at the lineups and what the competition is, I can't see how they're really selling tickets to fans, uh, aside from, you know, friends and family, um, to be honest. And thankfully, we're doing, uh, we're doing very well. Um, and we have not announced two of our biggest acts yet. So um, we're, there's going to be an announcement, I believe, tomorrow, depending on whenever Warhorse decides that he's done listening to Metallica albums and feels like tweeting. Um, he's <laughs> supposed to announce his two partners for the main event for that show. And uh, based on what he said, um, it's, it's going to be big no matter who it is. Oh, cool. Uh- Matt, have you gotten any, any line on, on how many shows are attempting to run uh, Tampa WrestleMania weekend? Uh, Too many. Uh, oh, I have a complete – there's a complete spreadsheet. I can uh, screenshot the latest version of it and send it over to you. But the screenshot is, is it's ridiculous because there's so many venues. and. Yeah. Most of, most of the time, it's not one venue running one show. It's one venue running multiple shows. I was going to yeah. say there's at least three venues that are running multiple shows. <laughs> and, like... and, and, and not only that, the Collective, which is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, has multiple spots within the venue. They have essentially a regular arena. There's a theater. And then there's the, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's, there's the outdoor section where they're going to have the Janela's spring break and, and blood sports. So there's actually three different spots within our one venue, the Cuban club. So there's, it's loaded up with with events and yeah. And and the, it's, it's going to be tremendous. Now, what is good is that a lot of the venues will be easily either walkable or drivable as opposed to how it was in the New Jersey, New York area last year, which was just, as you can imagine, insane. 
So hopefully guys going to multiple shows and having multiple bookings. Uh, I know there's some wrestlers who are on shows in different venues that start at the same time. (laughs) So they're going to be doing the whole, whole thing of like, you know, working the opener and then jumping in a car and going to work later in the show on another show. It's, it's, it's a lot. I wonder who's got the most, I wonder who's got the most bookings. For the, um, for the, either, for the weekend. As, as far as I as far as I know, it's either Effie or Danhausen. I think they're each up to like ten to twelve. I think Effie has twelve. But <laughs> I, I heard that a few weeks ago, and with so many places adding shows and events and stuff like that, and, and some of them, some of them are going to do very very poorly, and that's a shame because. Not every play, not everybody knows how to promote for a WrestleMania weekend show and how it's different than their regular, uh, their regular um, area. And they don't necessarily understand that it's not just a markout moment to run WrestleMania weekend. It's potentially a big business decision, but you have to make it wisely. Like for example, we partnered with Black Label Pro. I could have run an action show solo, and that was in the cards for some time. A couple things changed, and I decided to partner with Mike Blanton and Black Label, who's a good friend, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun event. And I, I helped Mikey run his Black Label Pro at the Collective, uh, run his event last year, and that was insane. Jonathan Gresham walked into the door 17, I think it was 17 minutes before the pay-per-view ended, and he was having his boots laced up as he's going through them. The, they called the match on Messenger, and the pay-per-view was going <laughs> dark. It, it had a two-and-a-half-hour window, so at two hours and 31 minutes, it goes dark. So that's something you have to deal with. If he arrives five or eight minutes later, there was, there was no backup. There was no backup because everybody's double-shotting, so everybody who worked earlier on the show left. And uh, thankfully, was able to direct it and get it, uh, get it back on time and, and have, a, have a good show, and nobody knew. Nobody knew how how in da- it, that it was potentially in danger of ending uh, almost black craft like. Sounds like you got some craziness in store. Uh, I do wonder how many promoters or bookers will be put in like predicaments where guys say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm booked at this other event, and you have to put me on first, or or I have to main event your card." Like I, I hope everyone has worked that out, but I know they haven't. Oh, I know that there's a lot. Of, <laughs> I know that there's a lot that have not. Uh, in fact, I will not say who, but it's somebody who's known. Um, they got booked on a show and a time changed. And I was like, look, you are at this other booking earlier in the day. You are staying afterwards no matter what time your match wraps to Hobnob. That's why you're there, not to go do this other show. And it would make a lot of sense, but I'm not going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to dime anybody out. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, it's it's going to be very very structured. Uber drivers are going to do very very well, I believe, that weekend. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when I went to Mania weekend down in New Orleans, um, Bill the Butcher was at one of the events, and uh, he goes, "Hey man, can I please get a ride with you?" Because he goes, "the the Uber rate or whatever it was it was some like just really exploited rate." 
Like it was, it was five times what it should have been. And so like I, I ended up giving Bill and a couple people a ride uh, over to, you know, their place. But uh, yeah, Uber drivers, uh, they're going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think it was, was a Janello spring break that let out at like two thirty. So immediately like several hundred people jumped on their phones to hit Uber. So that jacked up the surge pricing and people were walking a mile to go to a hotel to get cabs and stuff like that. It was, yeah. it was very nice, nice to read about on Twitter as I was at home and did fly to <laughs> New Orleans till the next day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this is uh this is a very good time in Georgia wrestling. I, um, uh, I'm sitting on some announcements that I cannot wait to make and some some uh, some other things that, I, as I've hinted to you, Larry, I cannot tell that are definitely very amusing that would change some opinions. But, Enough. Uh, Enough. We're, we're just going to hashtag that suspense right now because someday, soon, very soon, I think, I'll be able to tell you some stuff that you're just going to laugh about. Uh, well, <laughs> I look forward to that when you can tell me. <laughs> Hey, I'm a booker. I don't give away all my cards at once. Right. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, you guys. Appreciate the time to, to have this discussion tonight. It's been fun. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you having us on, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to explain that, you know, we, we aren't, like, all shysters, you know, that some of us do actually raise money. Right. It's it's very nice whenever I get to the opportunity to get a uh, a check presentation picture with with somebody to a nonprofit um, like Toys for Tots or Make a Wish or one of the other groups. I I genuinely enjoy the fact that the that the wrestling fans allow me to do that because that's that's where it comes from. People in our community, people who drive between shows, and people who you know, post about it. Um, like action wrestling is very popular on independent wrestling TV. So, you know, whenever we get that income, that's a huge help to our bottom line because we have so few income streams and that allows us to be able to take on some costs that we don't have to pass on to a nonprofit. So I can keep some expenses off the spreadsheet, which is great because the checks I write are bigger. Mm-hmm. So well, that, thanks that, a lot, guys, for helping us round out the show. I mean, you know, initially we were just going to talk to William, and Larry thought, like, let's make it about, you know, shows in general, charity shows in general. And I thought that was a great idea, and you guys really came through, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us and allowing us to kind of illustrate a little bit of what we do. Yep. So, so I hope his show does well on Thursday. And that's about it. That's a, it's been a it's been a good chat. Larry, what what are you doing this weekend, Larry? Probably for me it's gonna be Southern Fried. Uh I think Rob, you know, Rob Rod, you know, he's amazing. This guy gets around like crazy, you know, like APW last weekend. Uh I think he's got action on Friday and Peach Date on Saturday. I think is the way we're gonna work this. <laughs> oh my crap. Well cool. Well, thank you to our guests, William Venable, Scott Hensley, and Matt Griffin. And uh, he's Larry Goodman. I'm Stephen Platinum. And we'll see you next fucking week, Jesus, <laughs> for the uh, State of Wrestling speeches. And we'll see you on the tipping point.
thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.